catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from RootMetric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. 
Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. All right, it's Film Study with Ken McCusick. It's been a little bit since we've done the last episode. It's the bye week. Uh, we kind of skipped over all the bye week drama for the most part, but we get to do our mid-season roster evaluations now over the next couple shows. And we're going to start today with the defense and take a look at how the defense has played uh, in halfway through the season. Ken McCusick, That's how Nine games. Uh, life is good, Josh. How you doing? I'm doing well. I realized I gave a really long intro and then forgot to introduce you. That's all right. We know each other. I think most of the people listening know each other by now. Nine games into the season, like you like you mentioned, just past the halfway mark, we're going to take some stock of the roster. Right, and uh, I think we're not even going to get into the uh, a preview or the midseason drama stuff now because we want this episode to kind of be a good marker, not something based on today's events. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a reasonable way to approach it. In any case, a lot of the drama is on the offensive side of the ball, so we'll look at the defensive side and uh, uh, get that taken care of today. All right, so we uh, you have an article up on Russell Street Report all the time where you break into these five categories, and we're just going to jump into the categories. We normally introduce them. I think people are getting used to the categories. If these categories are new to you, you'll pick up on the categories as each one is introduced. And let's first start with the young producer. These are the young guys who aren't getting paid a whole lot of money, but are making an impact. There you go, and that's really the key. They're all on their rookie deal, and they're the guys you need a lot of in order to beat the constant struggle against the cap. So the Ravens have, on defense, I would I would adjudicate, there are six players in this position, Marlon Humphrey, Matthew Judon, Michael Pierce, Zadarius Smith, Chris Wormley, and Tavon Young. So that's a... Pretty healthy group of young defenders. Uh, a lot of a lot of teams are in a much more patchworky situation, uh, but those guys are all on their first contract and all playing pretty regularly. Humphrey, sixty-four point seven percent of the snaps. He's played well, not as well as last year. Judon, sixty-three point six percent of the snaps. Again, his play has fallen off a little last year, but he's still a, a critical part of the defense with that many snaps. Zadarius Smith has really picked up his game. He was still on the developmental list and not broken through any of the young producers. He's promoted this time. And uh, at 64.5% of the snaps, has been the Ravens' best pass rusher this year. Tavon Young is back and healthy and has played well so far in the slot corner role. Uh, got beat by A.J. Green a couple times, but otherwise he's, uh, he's looked very good in the, uh, this season so far. Michael Pierce, his snaps are down. He played 54% of the snaps last year, down to 30.8% this year. But some of that's a couple of deactivations already this season, and some of it is the fact that He's really been pushed out of a lot of the pass rush snaps by the fact that the Ravens have other interior options. So I think now with Willie Henry's injury and with Pierce likely to be active the rest of the year, I think we're going to see Pierce's snap percentage really pick up. And he has continued to be the dominant run stopper the Ravens need him to be. So that's good. Uh, Chris Wormley, a new addition to this list, uh, really has played a lot more, 42% of the snaps this year. Um, and uh, he's played pretty well. Contributed a little bit to the pass rush, but mostly he's a, a pretty decent run defender. So that rounds out a pretty good group of young producers. All of them, except for Zedarius Smith, will still be here in 2019 for sure. Obviously, it is a, is a question of 
what they do is Darius Smith is going to be one of the big free agent questions this offseason. Right, and that's the good that's the good thing. Outside of Smith, these are the guys that you're building around are your young producers. That's that's right. So uh, you know, it was it's it's been a group. It's been a little bit of transition since last year. Last year, at the beginning of the year, I should say, or during the off season, I had Maurice Kennedy on this list, and of course, we had Willie Henry on the list. I had to dump, drop them both down a group to the developmental category, which is right. the next one, and, because they really have been hurt most of the year in in, in each case. Okay, and let's get to the developmental, uh, I guess, uh, list and label. Because it isn't, that's what I was going to point out. It's not good if you go from year one to year two and you go down in the charts. No, it, it's not good. It does happen. I, in, in the cases of Kennedy and Henry, it's both a, both a question of injuries. Uh, Henry you know, has lost his third season now after playing very well in year two. Kennedy also will be entering year four. Both of them are draft picks, so they're not uh, restricted free agents, but they will be you know, under under contract next year and not a not expensive players but the the Ravens are now at a more difficult place in terms of deciding on them in terms of whether they could sign them long term or not the Ravens have a lot of decisions to make with their third and fourth year players uh coming up and one fifth year player of, of note as well but uh should we just jump right into some of the developmental players yeah yeah and um yeah do you want to start with Averett because he's probably the biggest guy on there to keep an eye on right well, I, I would say so. I mean, he's a he's a uh, you know a rookie corner, obviously drafted in the fourth round. There's still a lot of potential for him to develop into something special. I think uh, he will next year. I think he could be projected into a starting role right away. But if he doesn't, he's probably the top backup at three positions. A lot of that will have to do with what they do with Grand, Brandon Carr. But I think I'm excited about his future. I think he can play slot or outside. Uh, he's one of the really important pieces. Like Tavon Young, uh, he's a guy who can play either inside or outside and uh, gives the Ravens some important flexibility in that corner position, not just depth. Gotcha. The Ravens have tremendous depth on the outside, by the way, in terms of their aircraft carrier corners. Uh, I think some of that will probably go away after this season. All right. The guy I tried to jump on last year was Bowser. He did not do so well last year. He is still, uh, I guess, stepped down into the developmental section this year where he's playing even less. What's up with him? Yeah, so 14.1% of the snaps this year. Uh, I couldn't promote him into the young producer categories. Just got to take a more regular role. I, I'm disappointed that Bowser has not found a niche as some sort of specialist within Martindale's defense because he's a guy who you would think given all of the weird packages that Martindale likes to play, would found some specialist role that, boy, that's his role kind of thing, and, and he doesn't really have that. So they have him on the on the field in some pass rush situations, but really at this point he's only a backup, and he, he's a backup to Judon as, as the Sam linebacker because he's a more of a coverage player than, than he is a pass rusher. Last season, I, I forget if he had three or three and a half sacks, but you know he, he contributed as a pass rusher, and he, uh, we haven't seen very much of that this year, obviously. So uh, disappointing, and we'd like to see more from Tyus. He, he needs to get more snaps. I think he will down the stretch, uh, particularly if the Ravens don't uh, uh, don't get it turned around pretty quickly. All right. Uh, Kennedy, we haven't seen him since the beginning of the season. Uh, here he might be coming off the IR soon, but he's yeah. still in this developmental. Yeah, so exciting news for the Ravens. have had a couple cornerbacks who are, who are back practicing and able to return. Uh, both Kennedy and uh, Jalen Hill, who was the preseason star of 2017, 
so, so they could be getting some good corner reinforcements for, this, for the remainder of the season, so that'd be exciting. Uh, Kennedy did exactly that last season. Of course, was was terrific down the stretch until that final play where uh, where he was really put in the role of a safety, a little bit miscast, and and uh, unfortunately let the Ravens down on the touchdown to Boyd. But uh, he's he's uh, you know a guy I think can can certainly help. He'll be the number four or number five corner probably in 2019 in his fourth season. Uh, he's the kind of player that maybe the Ravens could extend on the cheap, but I'm afraid that a lot of other teams are going to want a fourth corner of Kennedy's quality who can play inside or outside and kind of has proven he can already. So I, I, I'm a little afraid that after 2019, the Ravens will probably lose him. All right. Uh, Chuck Clark has played a lot more this season. Is that because he stepped up or because of needs? Yeah, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, obviously the Ravens have four safeties. They had five that were, were about to make the team. But Clark has played, has gotten a niche role, and we talked about this with, with uh, Bowser, but Clark's played this big nickel role with Martindale where he comes in as the slot corner in the nickel package, and that's really been kind of his thing. And the other thing they've been able to do with Clark is bring the quarter back onto the field. The quarter defense, I mean by that, with seven defensive backs. And when they line that up, they have Clark and um, Levine both on the inside where linebackers would normally play. Uh, that's been very effective. In fact, I, I look for the Ravens potentially, if they lose Mosley, to try a cheaper alternative where the quarter could be a very significant part of the defense. So if you lose Mosley, um, you all of a sudden the defensive signal caller probably moves to safety. You don't have it. You, you wouldn't give it back to Owasu. Uh, you, you'd probably move it into to Tony Jefferson or to Weddle, whichever one is still here next year. And then uh, uh, that guy would would be calling the defensive signals, and that makes you free to substitute at inside linebacker. So you can bring your your diamond quarter on when you like. And that includes Clark and Levine, and use them to to play more aggressive pass defenses. So I, I like that idea, and I, I I hope they'll they'll find a way to use Clark and Levine in that role. And I think with Deshaun Elliott on the team next year, and and you know potentially new safeties as well, they have a, additional backup at those spots, which they would really need to to keep that defense uh, as one of their primary options. Right, and not really much to say with Deshaun Elliott except we saw nothing this season, right? No, we we didn't get to see him obviously during the regular season. So the lack of live fire really makes it very difficult to decide if he can replace Weddle in 2019. And they really have to decide that. Really, They really have to know, is he the guy they want to roll the dice on at free safety, which they could. We saw something in the preseason that looked pretty good. He made some plays over the top, looked to be a pretty good back-end player. Uh, but again, you know, you're going against guys who, who are not going to be ended up playing in the NFL a lot in Elliott's case, uh, in the second half of some of those games. So... I'm not really sure where we are. I don't know if the Ravens really know. And I think it's certainly possible they're going to use one of their top draft picks. And it would likely be number one overall uh, on terms of a free safety if they did that. And, and to me, at safety, you pretty much go big or go home. If you don't pick a guy in the first round and get one of the top playmakers in the draft, I think you go ahead and, and take a guy in the fourth, fifth, sixth round. And, and you kind of hope you get a developmental player who might be pretty good. Gotcha. Like, like Elliot. Like Elliot, sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. I got the trend now. The developmental league uh, section you'll go into if you get hurt and we don't really get to see anything. We'll have to stick you in there, which is like the next guy up, Henry. Sure. So Willie Henry didn't get a chance his entire rookie year. Was terrific in terms of 
uh, providing important inside pass rush last year. Now with Zedarius Smith, if they had Henry, it would just be real exciting what the Ravens could bring to the table from uh, from an inside pass rush perspective. But they've lost him now for the season, and that's been a significant blow to the Ravens' interior pass rush. So they, they don't have as good options. They're using Urban more there uh, for most of the snaps. They're using Pierce more. Both of those guys are needed for run snaps, uh, particularly Urban, who, who has a fairly high... Uh, snap count to start with so uh, it, it would be nice to have another interior lineman who is a pass rush specialist and uh, Willie Henry would be the guy but uh, they lost him after just 76 snaps this year and uh, he's one of the most important Ravens to regain his form in 2019 he'll he'll be in his fourth season and uh, last year under contract and the Ravens will have to make an important decision about him after 2019. Right, so a lot of this is kind of looking now at the halfway point, what guys here could be here next season. And it's it's just the good point to look ahead, even though it's also a big point where the in two weeks we could really be looking to next season. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's certainly true. In one week we could really be looking to next true. season, if they, I think, if they lose this game to Cincinnati. Yeah. But, but you, I think you always have to kind of be looking ahead to that anyway. And a lot of these guys like Elliott and, and Henry – they're already lost for the year, so there isn't anything to do but right. look forward to 2019. Okay. So we'll do our best. All right. Well, uh, Peanut has had a great season so far. Be- better season than he had before. Um, I'm not sold on him as the Mike linebacker, so I don't think he has the coverage skills to move back into that spot and be a three-down player. Uh, you know, he's, he's rushed the passer, effectively had a couple sacks against Tennessee. He's done some other things I think have been an improvement in the run game. But I don't see him as a really long-term answer. And he'll be in his fourth year. He'll be a restricted free agent because he was undrafted. And so the Ravens will have to decide how to tender him and uh, you know whether what they want to do exactly. I'm fairly sure he'll be a low-tender player, which means they, they'll, uh, they'll get him a little cheaper in terms of the tender. I forget what that means uh, in terms of the actual amount. But they'll have to play him close to $2 million next year to play here and uh and if that's the case that's uh you know maybe an uh, appropriate amount for him and if it's not you know somebody else will, will pay more and that'll be that of course i mean that's how it goes you always yeah. have to keep that salary cap in mind um patrick Ricard, you had him on the defensive side will he be on the offensive side too now, you know that's a good question I, I i left him on the defensive side and my reasoning is a little different is is that i think his contribution at fullback has been less this year. I think it could be more. I think you could do more with Patrick Ricard. I just don't think the Ravens really want to use a two-back set very often, and, and their total and, number of snaps they've found for Ricard on offense have been limited. And they've got bigger tight ends this year, and which is probably helping out a lot, too. That's a, that's a great point. And so Ricard can help you in a lot of ways. It's interesting that the Ravens have had a couple games where they've gone into them with six and a half or even six healthy offensive lineman. And when they've done that, I think Ricard has probably been the guy who would be the emergency, emergency right. backup. So you get sure. two guys injured. Yeah. All right. Um, Zach Seidler, again, a guy we haven't seen much from. No, he's, he's played two two games, I believe, two activations, 14 total snaps. Uh, he, he hasn't got much uh, done. I think he could have a bigger role. Obviously, Seidler had a terrific preseason. Uh, the big player that will determine a lot of what happens to Sealer next year is Brent Urban. So if Brent Urban can't be re-signed, and I think the Ravens would probably like to re-sign him, Urban's had a good year, um, then I think that Sealer will have to step up into a bigger role, or they'll have to draft someone, either as a possibility. But Sealer, you know, 
I would think would naturally move up into a bigger role and 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 play more next year. Uh, I would expect or at least hope in terms of his normal development that he would be active for the at least the majority of the games next season. That would be the the minimum developmental goal I'd have for Zach Sealer next year. Now, obviously, in terms of the, the the maximum developmental goal, I think you can project um, a significantly better season for Sealer, where it actually makes an impact as an inferior pass rusher, and the Ravens figure out they have something here that's uh, that's really exciting. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, but Sealer is a player who I think the, the range of outcomes is still pretty broad. All right, uh, Tim Williams. Tim Williams. Hasn't been active every week. He's had a couple little nagging injuries. When he's played, he's looked pretty damn good as a pass rusher, that's for sure. And he's expanded his play to 19% of snaps. Last year, I don't have the number right in front of me, but it was in the low ten, low teens. So not, uh, not exciting. Uh, the increase is good. I think what I'm more excited about even than the pass rush, and he's got to be a good pass rusher to be a useful player. So I'm not more excited about this, but I'm happy that he looks like he can play the run. And most of the evidence I have on that is from the preseason, I admit. But it looks like he know, he understands more how to hold that edge and how to play that edge. Uh, you know, We talked about a little bit before that, that that Tim Williams was playing special teams more and getting more done there. Right. I think that's also a good thing for him. So at this point, availability, biggest concern for him. And hopefully he'll be back, make a contribution down the, down the stretch, and make it easier for the Ravens to decide what the correct – answer is with regard to Terrell Suggs and how they want to proceed with him. Sure, sure. Um, Kenny Young's a guy who's been fun to watch for the most part of this season. As long Great as downhill not, play. Yeah, as long as they're not trying to throw, throw it his way. Yeah, <laughs> as long as he doesn't have a coverage responsibility. Right. I, I think Kenny Young has been fine as long as the back in front of him is his coverage responsibility. He's, he's good at getting and closing quickly and, and making that tackle. Uh, you know, I've been excited about him as a player in terms of his ability to get into the backfield to disrupt when he doesn't make the tackle and to make tackles. Uh, and the and the other the Ravens defenders have good ability to fill behind him. Both Jefferson and Mosley are good fillers from behind, so Young can take some chances, and that's a, that's he fits well on this team because of that. Uh, what he hasn't really done is shown us any ability to cover over the top. So it, it, he's. Part of the coverage problem at linebacker, we saw it show up in the Carolina game with an 18-yard completion and more. Uh, there have been other cases, of course. Cincinnati particularly comes to mind where he, where he got some significant playing time. Uh, he'll learn and hopefully be better at that part of the game next year. And hopefully he does not lose any of the aggressiveness uh, in, in terms of going after the run either. Right. All right. Uh, so that's the developmental guys. The veterans playing for market value is the next one, and these seem to be a lot of your core guys. Yeah, so they're they're all veterans who have who have made it past their first contract, and they're now signed. I look at these guys as anyone you sign in this category is playing for market value. Now there are a couple guys specifically. I'll, I'll point to Anthony Levine and Brent Urban, who the Ravens are getting way are, are getting really good value from relative to their to their cap, but. You know, most of these guys are playing for the full amount, you know, the, the full market value, and and you have to compete with other teams for their services. Right. That's that's what makes it that way. Uh, but but let's just talk about them individually for a little bit, if we can. So we got Brandon Carr as the first. We've had Brandon Carr run out of town. I don't know, probably on eight different shows this year where we've talked about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess, and 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 uh, stretching back into the preseason, maybe even the end of last year. 
Brandon Carr has been, you know, a very fine player this year. There's there's really not a reason to get rid of him at the kind of money he's making. I think there's now a more legitimate chance than, than I would have thought possible that he'll be on the team next year. He makes a similar amount of money. Uh, he provides important durability to the cornerback position where the Ravens have had a lot of problems with that. Uh, he's been consistent. Uh, he's uh, not the guy that opposing quarterbacks are picking on right now. Right now they're picking on Jimmy Smith. They're not picking on Brandon Carr. So he's he's a player. It's, it, it surprises me that he just keeps sticking around. Uh, you know, Albert McClellan kind of reminds me of a similar player, although they you know they drastically different roles, obviously. But but uh, in terms of you, you just figure this might be the year he could be cut every single year, and it just never seemed to happen for a, for a long time for Albert either. So uh, uh, I, I hope. I hope they'll give Carr the consideration he needs to, to be around next year. I don't think he has trade value, even though he has a fairly attractive contract remaining. Um, I don't think they get very much for him, but uh, but he, I think as a Raven, he, he brings some important stability to the cornerback position. All right. Um, Tony Jefferson has had an improved season, but also some injury issues this year. Yeah, so it, it, that's... It, it, Mix of problems, obviously, but but uh, uh, TJ's been on the field at least. He hasn't missed a game, and I think the key element for for the Ravens to decide is they've got three players right now who I think they could give the signal calling duties to next year. They could keep they could hold on to Weddle. It's expensive, but he's done a pretty good job in calling signals, and he could be the guy next year. They could give it to CJ Mosley, which would be returning the green dot helmet to him. Limits flexibility a little bit, but if you're going to re-sign Mosley to a big monster deal, you, that might be the, the, the way to go on this. I think part of the reason that Mosley doesn't have the green dot now, part of it is that Weddle, I think, is just pretty good at it. But second of all is, is that they want to prepare for life after Mosley and do some of the other things they can do with that if, if need be, which we, includes scheme differences, but it also includes just having somebody else uh, learn and, and, and call the plays who's, who's comfortable with that. Wouldn't even shock me if Tony Jefferson wears the green dot at some point this season for a game just to, just to see how that goes. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But he's one of the three players who could do it. He plays almost every snap anyway. He's only missed a handful of snaps the entire season. And, uh, and he certainly is a uh, more upfront in terms of his positioning so he's more able, I think, to communicate easily with the linemen and the linebackers. Um, you know, we'll see if he picks up the other things in terms of of uh, how to realign players. Uh, he certainly has personal talent to, to to play. The question is, can he can he handle the defense and quarterback the defense as a whole? That'd be an interesting thing to see. I I personally think Jefferson seems to be a very mature and very intelligent player. I I'd love to see if he could do it. All right, and uh, Anthony Levine is here again next year, right? Yeah, he's he's signed already through 2019. You know, I saw that saw somebody post on Twitter today that they thought uh, Levine could be re-signed. Now Levine will be 32 when his current contract is done. It's not impossible he could be signed to another two-year deal. He obviously is the Swiss Army knife for the Ravens in terms of uh, providing a lot of value on the dime defense, significant value in terms of the special teams units, all all of them basically. He does something, <laughs> and. Uh, I, I think it's very reasonable for him to be signed for another two years. It might be the kind of thing you do 
whenever you can do it at a reasonable signing bonus. So if if Levine doesn't want to play the last year on his contract without without having a you know a, a deal that's a little longer and and he's willing to give up a little bit in terms of contract value to get a signing bonus right away. I think that's something that could be worked out, and and Levine is signed instead of through 32 to 34, and you take a little bit of a chance. But you know we're talking about a relatively modest signing bonus. It's probably going to be in the uh, one to 1.5 million dollar range, not not a chart topping number. His annual base salary is probably going to be two million or less, I would guess. Uh, there are other teams who could make use of him, but honestly, his role is highly specialized and I think more valuable to the Ravens. So I think that they will more likely be willing to. Uh, come to a, be more able to come to an agreement with him. All right, that's something interesting to watch for an extension there. Uh, C.J. Mosley is going to be a big question this this off season. Yeah, and he's he's the big one on defense. Obviously, Flacco on offense is the big one, uh, and and C.J. Mosley and Suggs and Weddle on the defense are the three. But Mosley's the most significant because he. You know those little puzzles where you would move the numbers around and try and order them from one to sixteen or one to twenty-five or whatever. And it's it's like he's he's the number one. You have to get that into the right position right. first before you can do all the other things that go along with that. And uh, you know he's a he's going to be a tough uh, uh, contract. I hope that they are able to at least determine what they're doing quickly. Either determine he's priced his way out of the market or determine that they can afford him at some particular price so that they can make their other judgments and their other moves they need to in the offseason. I do not see him as the kind of player who lasts past the draft. I think the Ravens will have to decide basically between the end of the season and about, uh, we'll call it um, end of March maybe, and uh, middle of April on on what his fate is and and how we'll be doing. I, I don't think the Ravens will tag him, but it's not out of the question. So I don't know what the tag amount is for next year, but it'll be pretty significant. I think the Ravens would probably prefer to avoid it, even though they have some money available. And I think they'll they they'd like to just come to an agreement and and uh, and, and keep him here for five more years, six more years, whatever it is, or just decide this is the end. It, it, a lot of it's going to come down to guaranteed money. CJ is probably going to want a lot of guaranteed money because that's what players care about. They care about the guaranteed money in the contract. If the Ravens can get comfortable with pushing some of that into roster bonuses, which means deferring some of the guaranteed money and effectively not guaranteeing it until the start of each year, then that's kind of been the Steelers' method that's been very successful. Uh, then I think it, it's the contract has a better chance to work out under those circumstances. If, if he wants all the money up front like other Ravens players have had in the past, then I think it's going to be more difficult for them to come to the agreement on the exact value that that he has and i think it's more likely then that he'll end up walking all right we'll watch for that um terrell suggs has been a raven for uh for many ravens fans their entire life as he's been here 15 years so does he get a 16th well i here's here's my feeling about this is there's a there's a lot of moving parts with the terrell suggs decision the first is how well is he going to play the rest of this year i think the second one is going to be, can he uh, take a different role next year, which probably means two things. One is less total snaps. It also is going to mean more focused run defense where I think he's helping the team more right now. I think they have more specialized pass rushers on the outside who can help under, some, under certain circumstances. And, you know, how Sugg's attitude and, and, and will relate to that, I think, is are, are the key elements for him. And if he can take a role where he plays 
50, 55, 60% of the snaps. And he plays the snaps the Ravens want him to, not the plays, not the ones that will give him the highest sack total necessarily. Obviously, he's not going to play every third down anymore. Uh, you know, Tim Williams is going to have to play some of those downs for him where, t- where Tim could be probably a more effective pass rusher. And and then I think that there's there's then a good chance that, that the Ravens can find a way to bring him back. It's going to cost some significant money. I'll tell you, as a fan, I'm willing to sacrifice some cap personally, even though it could be spent on other players who might be better, to see Terrell Stuggs stay his entire career as a Raven. But that's not an unlimited number. You know, if I had to put a number on it myself, I'd say something like $1.5 million per year to keep him here is the, is the incremental amount that I think it would be worth. And, you know, maybe that means that, that Suggs can be signed two years, $12 million, let me come up with a number, two years, $13 million. And I don't know if that's going to be exciting enough for him to, to want to finish his career in Baltimore for that kind of a number. But we'll see. Outside of money, how much does bringing in a new head coach going to affect Terrell Suggs? You know, great point. So a new head coach may just decide, you know, I, I don't really want this. Right. I want to I want to clean house on some of the leadership because I want to decide who my leaders are myself. And that means players like Weddle and Suggs could could be on their way out or, or they, you know, he might like either of them. He might like Suggs. He might like Weddle in terms of, 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 of being great because they're both. I mean, Suggs is an amazing on field and in the locker room leader from all accounts. I mean, you know, he's the the clown act that he put on early in his career, he's really matured with. I think he fires up the team effectively. I think he's terrific leader by example and in terms of football intelligence, in terms of, of his understanding of the game. So I'd really like them to keep him if they can. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. Sometimes these things just don't work out in the NFL. Right. All right. Brett Urban's another guy who's a free agent. Yeah. So signed a cheap deal this year. And there are some incentives that are probably going to be due him. But uh, he's a player the Ravens have, have leaned on pretty heavily this year. He's played over 50% of the snaps, and, and he's a guy that I would think they'd want to bring back as a five-tech. He's played the run exceptionally well this year. He's provided a little bit in terms of the pass rush, although nobody seems to be doing that the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he'd be better uh, with another good inside pass rusher or perhaps replaced by another inside pass rusher on pass downs to limit his snaps a little bit. So I don't know what the price tag is on him. It's one, you know, certainly Urban will probably go to the market, try and figure out what he's worth. That's often the way that Ozzie did it anyway, was to say, tell you what, go to the market, come back to us, tell you what you tell us what you're worth, and we'll see if we can make that work kind of thing. Uh, they've been very effective at that because that effectively puts them in the position to make a matching offer to the market. I think that that's, that's a possibility with Brent Urban that they, they find, you know, a, a – intermediate price tag for him that's attractive he stays in baltimore and everybody's happy all right that could work out well um how does brandon williams improve against the pass well you know that's a real question is is what does he have to learn new about football to improve about the past because he's making a ton of money he'll be here next year there's no there's no getting rid of him um his, his i think it actually costs them more to cut him than to keep him next year uh, 2020 is the first year with all the accelerated money he's had where it might be reasonable to let him go. Uh, even then, I don't think it's going to happen. But in 2019, he'll be here for sure. And he, and he needs to not only contribute against the run, he needs to do some things against the pass, which means he's got to compress the pocket. 
if, if he's not compressing the pocket, he needs to at least take doubles and make it much easier for other players to compress the pocket. So uh, a combination of factors. I, I don't think Brandon Williams has had that great a year versus the run either. So, uh, you know, it's it's a he needs to step up his game in a, in a lot of ways, frankly, to to be worth the contract he's got. All right. Uh, let's move on to the veteran cap and value concerns. These are the guys who cost a lot of money. And you, right. only, you only have two guys on your list. And I, the first guy up here is Jimmy Smith, who I'm pretty sure we had this same conversation last year. Well, it wasn't I, – I don't – I'm not sure if he was a cap value concern last year. I think he would have been a veteran playing for market value because he okay. had a great year last year. But, but – you know, he's had a combination of things, obviously, that are not good. Uh, you know, a, a personal conduct suspension, a PED suspension in a very short period of time, by the way, uh, a big injury. None of those are good. And he's come back and he hasn't played well. It's kind of the right. grand slam of things going wrong at one time. And Jimmy Smith, who was a fine corner at one time, one of the top corners in the league, is now not that anymore. He's in the last year of his contract. There's a big savings for cutting him. And it's a reasonable thing the Ravens may do to move on from big contract. They're going to have to re-sign him to a pretty significant extension. And I don't even know how you begin to negotiate something like that with somebody with Jimmy Smith's current set of concerns. So, uh, you know, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to be willing to pay more than the Ravens will, in my opinion. Maybe it's the Bengals. Maybe it's another team who who uh, is is willing to take more personal conduct risk than the Ravens have shown a willingness to do with in the past. Well, that's something they're just going to put on the back burner for now. They're not going to deal with an extension this offseason. Well, I think I think actually it has to be this offseason. I think he's a cut unless you get an extension with a reduced okay. 20, yeah, so 2019 that, that, salary. So that final year is going to cost too much. Is going to cost, they'll cut him and then they, they could re-sign him. Okay, gotcha. All right, Eric Weddle is another guy in a very similar situation, but a guy who's played a lot better this season. Yeah, I mean, he's he's played better, but he's still a cap value concern. The last year of his contract is a big number. The Ravens can save a lot of money, and they can move on from a big contract uh, a year early. Now, the, the contract will run out after 2019, so the Ravens, if they really want Weddle's leadership, they can just weigh it against the value, and they, they may decide they want to keep him. I think it would be at this point more for his leadership, more for his ability to wear the green dot, more for who they think otherwise might be able to wear the green dot if he was not there. And probably it's going to say a little bit about what they think about the the safety talent they have on the roster, whether they think Deshaun Elliott or Chuck Clark could move into that free safety role and and, and take it over. So we'll see. Obviously, the draft will play a factor also. They could could get a safety in the first round, and and that'll be their new guy. But... uh, you know, Weddle's a, a, certainly a potential cut. And again, all of these veterans, it's going to be a big question mark about what about next season and what directions are we going. Are we going full rebuild with a new head coach and Lamar Jackson, or are we trying to still keep the core together? Yeah, yeah that, I mean, very true. I think no matter what, there's going to be a fair number of cuts because right. there's too many players in the last year of their contract who it's too easy and attractive to cut to not do that. And then you have other players like Suggs who are in the final year of their contract and you know you don't you don't have to give them a new one. Same thing with Mosley. So you know you, you you've got to decide on a lot of those things. I think by the way, if you were going full rebuild, Mosley is one of the guys you might consider letting go for that reason. If you're going to commit to a, a, you know a, a tough year anyway, you don't get the value out of that first year cap number the way you should. 
if you re-sign Mosley to a big monster deal. So right. I, I, I think you know, you're making a real good point. I, I just want to tie CJ to that. I just keep thinking about a whole new coaching staff coming in that doesn't know these guys, doesn't have relationships with these guys, so everyone is suddenly judged on performance and price tag. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I, we we've got the the general manager has a part of that decision making process, and and you know Harbaugh, I don't know what his power over personnel was, but it shouldn't have been enormous. We got yeah. a potential changing the guard. I think it I was for like, Ray Lewis. Yeah, I think he had a lot of involvement there. We have a potential changing the guard here with DaCosta is that he is still a younger GM, but what I like about it is that he's been around the organization a long time in terms of his tenure, probably the amount of Bishotti's ear that he has. So he's probably going to have a better, more influence than a typical first-year GM would have and be able to make more of those personnel decisions as opposed to if they hire the next John Harbaugh, another young head coach who's – uh, getting his first opportunity, which I really like that idea, by the way, um, then that guy will have less pull than you you sure. would otherwise have. The problem would be if John Gruden or somebody like that came here. John, it won't be John Gruden specifically, but if you if you had some you know guy who's been around the NFL forever and wants to run it his own way, and and Bishotti writes him a blank check to do that, uh, I, I don't think that will be the case. One of the things that's really great about Steve B is that his background is in personnel and in hiring. And he makes very good judgments with those regard. He do, he's done a masterful job keeping both DaCosta and Ozzy and promoting DaCosta into the game, having a good succession plan. And I think he'll do the same thing with, with the head coaching position that he did with Harbaugh in, in 2008 and really go through a careful, measured approach to picking that guy that, that will be very well grounded. So I, I look forward to it and I hope he'll uh, lay the process open as he did last year for the season ticket holders because that was very cool. All right. All right. Final category. This is the one that I always laugh at because you are too nice to these guys. You call them transitional, which really means they're transitioning off the Ravens that they're yeah, out of yeah. here. If, if, if we look at the offensive list from last year, that offensive list of transitional players is just terrible. I'm going to read it because we, we're not doing the article tonight. Right. We'll do it tomorrow. But the 11 offensive players, that's a staggering total, by the way. 11. You only have... 53 guys on the roster, plus some injuries, plus, you know, yeah, maybe you're up to about 60, 62 guys in total after you add, maybe it's slightly more than that. But the guys on the list last year, Luke Boanko, Andrew Denal, Crockett Gilmore, Brandon Kublano, Ryan Mallett, Stephane Nembot, Vince Miley, Brashad Perryman, Maurice Shakir, Terrence West, and Tim White. Of those guys, only Tim White, I believe, is still around on IR. Otherwise, they I, I might I might not even be right about that. But anyway, it's <laughs> that list has been that house has been clean. Well, the defensive side actually has some guys I think that somebody will step up and play well. I'm just not sure who it is. So the five guys I have on the defensive side this year are Chris Board, Bam Bradley, Jalen Hill, who's by the way is apparently starting practice now and could be back. Stanley John Baptiste, who played very well in the preseason, and Cyrus Jones, who's on the roster as a you know punt returner, kick returner, just he's a he's a fourth year player, and I don't see uh, you know where he'll be 
uh, going next year. I'm sorry, he's a third-year player, but I don't I don't see that he obviously has a role next year. He probably will. He'll probably be a, a kick returner, punt returner next year. Uh, show no ability to play corner that we've seen. He's only played one snap there so far, even though the Ravens have had need. And, uh, you know, it's just not obvious to me what he can do with this team. Chris Board, good special teams player. Bam Bradley, could step it inside linebacker, and he certainly looked like he had the size and shape to do so a couple of years ago. But, uh, you know, somebody from this list is going to move forward. James Hurst made it out of the transitional category into being a useful offensive lineman when he moved to guard. So uh, it can happen. It's just uh, not that common. Right. And, it, yeah, it's tough to move up when you are you get down there. That's, that's the lowest spot you can get. So you've got to prove something to say, hey, give me one more chance. There you go. So, all right, Ken. Well, this article is up in uh, written form up at Russell Street Report. That's right. So you, you can go see it out there. A little more detail there. Uh, I, I actually think I like the podcast version of this better because you get to talk through a little bit more of this with Josh. Uh, we'll take some questions on the offense tomorrow night. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, we'll also post on Twitter that would that will uh, we'd love to have your questions. We'll take them on either side of the ball. We'll get to those uh, uh, t- tomorrow when we record. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Film Study Ravens. And I want Josh to tell you about Birdland Sports. Hey, you got it right. Birdland Sports. Uh, a bunch of podcasts up there, including this podcast, including Dade's View that just posted a new po- episode, including Section 336 that talked this week about the uh, the Orioles and, and some options for GM. And it sounds like the Orioles are going to settle on one guy in the next few days. So it's worth going up there and checking out so you can learn a little bit about him. Cause we Is do- it going to be the Astros guy? Yeah, it's going to be – sounds like it's going to be the Astros uh, Mike Elias. I, I love Elias. the idea of, of getting a 35-year-old into that role. You, I you could have a 25-year run maybe. I do too. GM. I do too. But I told my wife that I'm excited for this guy because he's going to do really good things for the Orioles. But then it also depresses me because he's done more in his – at, by the age of 35 already than I've done. Oh, well, that's the so, way it goes with you know, a lot of people, I Josh. I, I, told, I said to my wife, said, I guess I should have went to Harvard to get into baseball. Yeah, there you go. A lot of those guys do. You know, they, they do really well. Now, I know you're not probably going to like the fact that the guy's a big sabermetrics guy. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I've, I've grown. I've grown into a- analytics, and I love that he. There's rumors that he's bringing the head of Houston's analytics, the guy who built the system there, with him. Oh, that'd be and cool. That's an awesome uh, kind of one-two punch to bring those guys in. That's how you kind of revamp a, a warehouse. So you get like Billy Bean and and yeah, uh, Deep Podesta, Journey Hill's right. character. <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. He turned the Astros around and. Six years, I think it was three years, and then they suddenly were fun to watch again. And six years, they got their World Series. So I'd be perfectly happy with that here in Baltimore. I I think we'd all be perfectly happy with that. Now, hopefully, we find the right manager to to go with that. Yep, and we'll see. I'm not too worried about that because even if they hire a manager now, it doesn't mean anything. He could be a transitional guy. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, Ken. Well, uh, thanks for sharing the defense categories tonight we'll do the offensive this weekend
At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.